0: Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Commander Clash podcast, where the Commander Clash crew discusses Commander-related topics, and today we are diving into Baldur's Gate. Commander Legends 2 Baldur's Gate is just around the corner, releasing now. I don't know the timing of these things anymore. Time has no meaning. Uh, but it's coming out, and we're super hyped for it. So the Commander Clash crew has gotten together, and we're going to be just talking about our most hyped cards that we want to play with and play test first. You know, when the set comes out, all these new cards, what are we going to be jumping to first? These are the ones that we're going to be jumping to first. It's not a power ranking scale. It's not a C and H scale by any means. It's just what we're hyped out for and maybe this will uh give you all some some things to consider and, and discuss amongst yourselves as well so that's that's the goal of this uh joining me as always is richard how's it going richard
1: hey tomer i'm doing well how are you doing <laughs> <laughs> sweet i'm pumped up i'm glad you're pumped up too
0: <laughs> all right so hey, how's it going i'm doing well how are you tomer <laughs> i'm doing well i'm 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 super hyped because i get to talk about dungeons and or dragons
2: um which is always my favorite thing to talk about there there's a um, lot of dragons there, i don't think there's any dungeons on our list though unfortunately no. every time they try to do the dungeons <clears throat> they never make no, our no, list for some comes. reason <laughs> so it's uh, it was uh so i tried to
0: do i i did a short on the youtube channel explaining initiative and i asked if you had any more questions about it leave a comment section. Never have I gotten so many comments on a short before. Just just so many questions. Uh, so that might say something about the initiative mechanic. Anyway. Um, uh, we, uh, 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 Krim could not join us due to audio issues. Uh, so you can see a rot wolf if you're watching it on YouTube. Uh, that will be the stand-in for, for Krim this week. Uh, before we jump into the list, though, two things we could do to support the channel... Uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can like and subscribe and help us grow that way. Another way is you can support us financially by heading on over to the mG Goldfish merch store, uh, purchasing beautiful playmats, deck boxes, deck sleeves, clothing, and so much more at the com store. Anyway, all right. Seth, kick it off. What's your, uh, what's the card from Dollar's Gate that you're super hyped for?
2: Alright, so we've complained a lot about magic cards getting too wordy in the year 2022. But every once in a while, Wizards finds a really sweet design that is the opposite. Only takes a few words to get the beauty of the card across. And that card is Legion Loyalty. Five simple words. Creatures you control have myriad. All of them. Unfortunately, it's eight mana. It's an eight mana weight enchantment. So it does cost an absurd amount of mana to actually get this going. But once you get this down, uh, the reminder tax is actually like five times as long as a card tax. If you don't, <laughs> don't know, know if, simplicity yeah, yeah. Here. if you don't <laughs> know, <it's simple. laughs> if you don't know myriad. Basically, when you would attack, uh, if you would attack. An opponent with a creature. You're gonna get a token copy for each other opponent that sticks around until the end of combat. So it's kind of like a super panoramonic on one level where you're getting all the ETB triggers of anything you attack with. It's also Tripling up your creatures, it's dealing a ton of damage. If you attack one person, you're getting the damage for the other people. Works with any combat shenanigans, ishin shenanigans. This card's just oh, it's so sweet. Out of all the cards in Commander Legends, too, if there's one card I just want to have on the battlefield to have like a huge crazy value turn, it's definitely Legion Loyalty. Although I'm a little concerned about how good it is, just because. It is eight mana, and it doesn't do anything on an empty board. Like if you got yeah, a yeah, big yeah. board like full you're, like, of creatures, creatures. I'm like, okay. <laughs> if you got a big board full of creatures, it's going to be sweet. <laughs> but I know there's going to yeah. be games where I play this, and the turn before I'm going to get it down. Someone like farewells or something, and I play this, and it does literally nothing, and I'm going to be super sad. But <laughs> its ceiling is super high and super fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, what? not I would, say, rest? Okay,
1: I would say if you needed to finish the game that there are a multitude of white cards that are much cheaper <laughs> such as maybe Achroma's will mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. you know the the double strike thing like i don't know there's like lots of things that kind of get the job done so i don't know mm-hmm. you need to go to eight mana for myriad and here's the here's the thing in 2022 a lot of the best cards are legendary and the worst thing with myriad is you like legend rule yourself right so you get the etbs but you can only get you know one creature so i actually don't like the myriad that much like if, if you can attack if you can attack easily into a player like that's a big problem right like with the acroma's will and things like that you can actually like chump attack right or your creatures with an overrun your creatures get bigger but there exists a world where all your weenies just chump attack into the opponents, clone themselves, and all die and do nothing. So without that pump effect or, like, the evasion or the double strike or something, it may not actually get the job done. Uh,
2: but it's not about by winning, so, though. It's about winning yeah. more and then losing most <laughs> of the time. But when you do win, yeah. you're going to win by a lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, like, nine times out of ten, this is going to be, like, a worse true conviction true conviction is six man i believe yeah. uh white enchantment gives all your creatures double strike and and lifelink and it doesn't have that issue with like legendary creatures and it's a little bit easier to get on the on the battlefield uh but i i'm totally on board with seth i think this card is just like really really fun you know like it's just a cool effect and I'm excited to see it. Is it strong? Like, is it a is it a good card? Are there better options? There's for sure better options, but this is this is style. This is about coolness. And I think there's, it's it's hard pressed to find a cooler white enchantment finisher. Like, it just it just does a lot of neat things, has neat synergies and uh it's style i don't know like i i would smile if i saw do, do i lose
1: this. my timmy membership if i don't like this card <laughs> probably yeah you should, i feel yeah. like i should <laughs> like this card but i don't like like I, okay i have a card that's like way worse than this on the list but like it's so much more Timmy but
2: I'm like I just don't like this I don't
1: know I, I don't like it wow
2: hmm <laughs> I just to jam like in it. like panarmonicon decks token decks you get the token doubling themes you get more well, mirror things all you things. do is you just under the guise of attacking sets. <laughs> I know, that's you don't
1: why care I about this. combat oh, that's
2: you just no, want you just ETVs love doubling the triggers <laughs> that's, that's why you need cards my like this it, it makes me attack that's how I became an <laughs> yeah. aggro player is cards like Ishin and so forth they, I still get my yeah. panarmonicon but I actually have to kill people too Eight mana attack card, <laughs> yeah,
0: which is it makes me happy because I know, like, if Seth didn't have these options, you would just be playing like I just blink be, decks yeah, all day, blink long. In and dirtling, <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> so I like it like that. I think the major issue is, yeah, it's eight mana. So if it was a creature, this would be so much better because there's so many ways of sneaking it into play and ignoring the gods. Is there a lot of ways in white to get this on the battlefield for a discount? Like, I know there's Academy Rector. But is there anything else that can, like, get this on the battlefield and get the value much quicker
2: than so, eight mana? <laughs> there's some there's some permanent reanimation spells, and also enchantment reanimation spells. Replenish, uh, Invoke, whatever the white invoke is from Kamigawa. So you can try to reanimate it. You could also just ramp into it. In mono-white, it's a little tough, but, like, enchantment decks can make a lot of mana, Things like, Sanctum Weaver and That's stuff. Right. So you can also just kind of get around it if you want to go that way, so... Not a ton. It's not definitely not as easy as a creature. I saw some people during spoiler season were like, oh, this is a white crater huff. And it's not the white crater huff for a whole <laughs> bunch of reasons. But one of the big ones oh, is, God. it is way harder to actually cheat this into play. There's not as many ways to do it. But there are a few. I don't know you want to cheat it into white play. You drop
1: this on turn two, you're like, okay. You have no creatures to myriad <laughs> like, with. It's not as strong, right? So I think being eight matters. is okay right like you 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 slap it down and turn six or seven once you have a board so it's like cheating in a chroma's will and you're like what does this even do i need a board it's it's
0: more tempo like if you can cheat into play and you can cast something else on the same turn that's good because like if you're casting legion loyalty you're probably tapping full out and if it doesn't pan out then you've wasted your entire
2: turn and I so. I honestly think this card's fairly costed based on how Wizards yeah. values Myriad. Like, I wish it was a little cheaper just because it would be much easier to play. But when you consider Blade of Selves as, like, what, two to cast four to equip, we got a new Legend, Duke Older or something, that's six mana, and those just Myriad one creature, mm-hmm. I think that for myriading your entire team every turn, this is probably the right cost. Like, if they did print this at five mana or six mana or something, it might actually legitimately be too good then. I, bad, but okay uh,
1: <laughs> lucky they printed I, at eight so we don't have to have this discussion <laughs> <laughs> i
0: i think it's neat i am with seth i would play it i think it's cool um all right well moving on to something that is is probably going to uh change a lot of opinions on on who thinks it's good and who thinks it's bad richard uh you have another white card on lists i
1: see so, you know, previous season's coming along and I don't see anything yeah. too special. And then on the last day, Watsy drops like two bombs on me. Seth says I always bring the common and uncommon. Well <laughs> they, they made two secret rendezvous clones. And I oh, don't God. want to talk about these cards. I'm tired of talking about secret rendezvous, but <laughs> here we are. Uh so your temple is under attack. It's a three mana instant. Uh, Choose one. Creatures you control gain indestructible until end of turn, or you and target opponent each draw two cards. So a divination for unit opponent, or uh, indestructibility at an instant. Uh, And then the other card, which we'll talk about after, is cut a deal, which is three mana secret rendezvous, except you spread it over three opponents. Uh, but your temple is under attack. So if you are so disgusted by the idea of Secret Rendezvous, why don't you just use it as an indestructibility <laughs> spell? <laughs> yeah. is, this, is this playable, Tover? You are the harshest critic of Secret Rendezvous here.
0: Okay. I will say that between these two cards, I like your temple is under attack much better. Because the fact that I can actually use it to save my board is pretty darn good. If I'm a creature-heavy deck, you know... Being able to make everything indestructible for three mana at instant speed, fair. And then if I really need, if I'm in the situation where I want to, you know, give my opponents more cards than myself, um, then I can do that. If I'm if I'm desperate or I need or we're working on a on a finding a board wipe for a common enemy, yeah, you know what, I'm down for this. Will I realistically run very often? Probably not. But I'm definitely going to run it more often than Secret Rendezvous. This is like ten times better than Secret Ron Rubu.
2: This card's a new staple. It an, it's a staple. It has a new abilities. It's great. <laughs> and so this card, this card's a new staple. This card's great. People, Oof. people play. People play Unbreakable uh. Formation. Unbreakable Formation is three mana. Give your creatures indestructible, instant speed. If you main phase it, you get to give your creatures a plus one, plus one counter, and then they get vigilance, which you don't really want to do usually with protection spells. So people are already playing three mana protect your team from Wrath cards. This is they're not. I mean, are playing you, flawless are you calling, maneuver for are you zero mana. you calling EDH well, people... like a liar, Tomer. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: But, people like, people according to the numbers. protection spells that cost mana, right? It's just, yes, flawless maneuver exists,
2: but a giant. It's a
1: protection ag- exists.
2: But. But yeah, those are like $50 cards. Turns, right? You're the and also you're the you're the budget master, Tom. Like those cards are super yeah, expensive. Are cheaper, not everyone yeah, cheaper, can afford yeah. to to have those cards. But this card is already playable okay. without the the secret rendezvous part. And then the secret rendezvous part, it's it's pure upside. It's a bonus and I love how it synergizes with itself cuz one of the downsides of leaving up 3 mana for wrath protection is if you do that and there's not a wrath you kind of really tempoed yourself a lot. Like that's a big loss of tempo, not spending that mana with this, you leave it up. If there's a wrath, well, you cast it and protect your team. If there's not a wrath, well then on the end step before your turn, you draw cards and have the person who's, you know, furthest behind, that's not going to harm you or for political favors, have them draw the cards. I think you play this in every white deck, like white creature deck. I think, I think this shows up in every deck. I agree. And (laughs) I shake my head at Watsy because
1: a year from now, White will be the new green, and we're like, well, we never saw this coming, but they keep stacking. <laughs> like, in this set alone, white got so much card draw, right? Like, you do not yeah. need this much card draw when you have other card advantage and card selection and things like that, right? So, they're just piling on the card draw onto white. It's one weakness, right? And you're going to end up with green, like a color that has no weakness whatsoever, right? So, I don't like them doing this, Are and just. This is like the perfect card because you don't play protection spells because if you have no board, it's a dead card. Like same with Mm -hmm. removal, like all these like situational cards. But here you can just fire off your situational card. It's better than cycling, right? And you just, you know, get your threats and then play your threats, right? Or if you have a board, then you don't need more cards. You just need to protect your board. So you do this. So extremely good card. Well, at, at common nonetheless. like Wizards doesn't even think they're going to make money off this, right? They're like whatever. <laughs> like, like throw the white player's a card, right? So I, Yeah, I think you guys are overvaluating this a lot. So
0: good. I, I play a lot of white. Like, I I I will run this in budget decks. You got me. Like a flawless maneuver to protection out of the budget range for most decks, right? This is a good like if I can't run those cards, I'm definitely running this. But like the difference between like faeries protection and protecting just your creatures is from from Destroy Effect, huge.
1: I don't know. Like this yes. is good. I mean, but you're you're like saying like every every quarterback is trash compared to Tom Brady. I'm like technically yes, but there are still many good cards that are playable, right? Yes, the first Tom Brady's protection is a good. who not like eighty? <laughs>
2: <laughs> or like, or like, or, or like, force will like counter spell's not yeah. bad because force will exists. Like, uh, there, you could play both of them. Like, and you probably would. And that's one of yeah, the things.
0: Like,
2: I, uh, this can be in your card draw slot, and you get the protection yeah. as a bonus, or vice versa. Like, but it's the bad flexi- card draw. This is like Zoff consumption. Like, uh, oh,
0: it could be a land, and it could also drain draw. your that's opponent. Awful. It's like, it's like, well, why don't they just run a good card and not run this? Like, think ugh. of it
2: like a charm tomer. Think of it like a charm. Like, those are two. How many
0: charms do you run in your <laughs> commander deck? So like Rakdos
1: charm, then what?
2: But you get. The I'm waiting the for Tober
1: to pull the Rock Lee moment, where he like accepts secret rendezvous, and his win percentage increases twenty five percent, like just out of nowhere, and he's like this secret unstoppable rendezvous. monster. But as of now, he's like working hard with the trading weights on. I refuse to play all the good white card draw. You know? I got to keep it, got to keep it down. You know, like. Yeah, what do I know? Are you
2: are oh, you even played a,
1: bottom
0: white like eight times? Are you, even a, are
2: you even a white player if you don't play Secret Rendezvous though? I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if you are anymore, honestly. I, I targeted <laughs> you with at one time. I still think it's a
1: trash card. I just all made right, a right, lot right, of right. a okay, like deal. I got a question about cut a deal. So cut a deal okay. is a this single white and two craft. generic, right? So one less pip for secret rendezvous, but you spread your opponent. So for every opponent who draws a card you draw a card so each player draws one you draw three trash absolutely garbage cut a deal i'll run
0: or uh, your temple is under te- i don't like that name by the way but your temple <laughs> your temple i will run but cut a deal i i think is garbage here because you take away the only benefit of secret rendezvous where you choose who gets to get the cards so you can make deals with it this one you Don't make deals despite the name yeah. cut a deal, you're not making <laughs> a deal with anybody. No deal is being cut. You're, just you're just making yeah. you're so just flavor what's on the fail, table. <laughs> flavor fail, and then you are actually net down cards in the situation again. Your opponents each draw one, you draw three, right? Sounds good, but you also spent that uh three mana and card uh to cast a spell, didn't you? So you're actually down a card, you, but you helped your opponents more than you. The, the No political power, no cutting of deals was made with this stupid card. It's so bad. I agree with
1: Tomer that Secret Rendezvous is better, but this is still a very strong card. Oh god. So, so every card you play, you're going down three versus one, right? Every turn cycle, your opponents draw three, you draw one. Right? So by going equal with the table, you're actually coming out ahead. So I think this is still a card advantage, but I agree the Advantage of like targeting a person is much stronger for Secret Rendezvous, but that also costs double white. So this allows you an easier cast. I think it's still a really good card, just not as good as Rendezvous. I
0: don't know if I better white card draw though. I don't, like, like Okay,
2: uh, you, uh, you oh, don't want to help the arch enemy. Like, that's that's my concern. Like, I There's like cards that card, help one right. player, but I'm skeptical of, uh, this is, like, very group huggy to me. Like, cards that help everyone every turn, that's where I kind of draw the line so, so at this So, if it's point. arch
1: enemy, it's five cards to the table versus one to the arch enemy, right? If it's truly an arch enemy situation, which you will take every, you know, every time, right? So... Uh, but Secret, Rendezvous,
2: but Secret Rendezvous is five cards to the gosh, table gosh. and doesn't give any to the arch enemy, right? That is so true. Like, I mean, Secret uh,
1: Rendezvous is better.
2: Yeah. Well, so this so is you, unplayable. Seth, you like Secret Rendezvous. Do you like I do. Oh, I'm skeptical of this one. I, I've, you've gotten okay. me on board with stuff that benefits one opponent because you can yeah. control it and use it yeah. politically. I haven't gotten to the point where I, I want to play cards that benefit the whole table, though, yet.
1: We're gonna so find out. I feel this card is good, wide. but
2: it's it's not as clear-cut good as Secret Rendezvous. So we gotta test it. In, I in, mean, it is a games. draw three for three. It a painful truce that just happens to help everyone else a lot too. <laughs> okay, so I guess I guess like Font of Mythos
0: is like a mono-white all-star. You draw two cards every single upkeep. That's great. No drawbacks there. Just give your opponents a bunch of cards as well. No drawbacks. You're drawing two each turn. The value for three for four mana. Amazing. What? How does that... Font of Mythos. Okay, right. just... I, I
1: don't want to talk about Secret anymore. We'll, we'll let Tolder <laughs> play his a white card draw. I just want to say common and uncommon, right? So the biggest problem with white is a lot of its card draw is expensive. And a lot of its best cards are expensive because they come in at rare and mythic and whatnot. So this is another way of like bringing that power curve down, right? Like Even if you're playing budget or not like, you know, Teferi's protection and stuff like that, you have access to very powerful cards. So I really like... What Wizards is doing here, Uh, putting the powerful cards at lower rarity.
0: I agree with that too, because that's like the major issue with white uh, forever, right? There's good card draw, there's card advantage cards, but historically, there were only a few of them. And so those cards naturally became very expensive. Now, it's actually much easier to build any type of mono white commander card. And even if you're on a budget, you'll still have some options. I I still wouldn't want to run cut of deal. Uh, but the fact that it is there and it will be, like, five cents, you know, is great. Like, at least I have something to fill the slot that I need.
2: I'm so, not like I'm that. not convinced Wizards set out to put the good card draw right common. Yeah, I'm not sure they view bad. this That's as a good problem. card right. draw. I think Wizards it thinks it's bad, and it's actually, this, like, this insane. This is like they're making Lion's Eye <laughs> Diamond
1: in 94 or something. Yeah. Like, this card sucks, right? Like, yeah. th- one day they're going to find out this is really good, and they're like, well, we have horribly messed up the color pie but oh well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? only yeah. time will tell who ends up dark
0: confidant who
1: life for cars. it's ridiculous <laughs> this car sucks <laughs> well I mean doesn't it suck in modern well it's been power crypt into oblivion yeah. but yes <laughs> it only all dominated right. the format for 10 years it's okay <laughs>
0: <laughs> the glory days um alright we'll move on from the secret rendezvous to the true MVP's of the set, in my opinion. And this is the Ancient Dragon Cycle. So these dragons put the dragons in Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, every single color got, monocolor got a big old mythic dragon. Each of them have a very similar triggered ability. Um, where, where are they? Oh, okay, there. Uh, Okay, so all of them are big old dragons that cost like six or more. Um, elder dragons, they all fly And they all have a combat trigger um, If they deal combat damage to a player You roll a d20 And then each each individual dragon Has a unique effect associated to them So uh, The ancient copper dragon is the red one and when it deals combat damage to a player, you create a D20 amount of treasure tokens. Um, the green one, you roll two D20s, and you put that many plus one plus one counters on two different targets or two diff- two targets. Uh, the black one is you will reanimate creatures equal to the result of the D20. Uh, the white one is you make uh, fairy dragons, 1-1 flyers, fairy dragon 1-1 flying tokens equal to the result. And the uh, blue one is you draw cards. Equal to the d20 results on average for people who don't are not like familiar with uh d20s, the average roll on a, a d20 is 10.5. Uh, uh, so you're on average going to be making 10 to 11 ish uh treasures each time, or 10 to 11, whatever the, the card does each time when you roll the dice. You could you can be unlucky and you can roll a one, or you can be super lucky and you can roll a 20, but the average you're going to be making about 10, which is a uh, Pretty darn good. Like, Ancient Copper Dragon, you make 10 treasures whenever you deal combat damage. Seems pretty decent. The Light One, you you make 10 Dragon 1-1 Flyers. Pretty
2: good. I don't know. What do you you guys think about this? I think these are bananas. I mean, I think they're sweet. They're also, like, they are a lot of mana. So, I think you can do kind of whatever. Once you're making 7 and 8 drops, like, you can have some pretty powerful triggers. They also need to actually deal combat damage themselves so there are i think a lot of safety valves here but if you get to start hitting people with them every one of them is powerful. I think the black one is the least powerful, because it reanimates equal to the mana value, total mana value of the roll. So, like, if you low roll and hit, like, a 4, you might not be getting anything or anything notable. But the other ones, I think, are all very strong. I think my favorite might actually be uh, the white or the green one, or just, like, they're, those are both really, really powerful. The white one, there's some dragon synergies that make it go really nuts. There's several different dragons, like Scourge of Velkis, that try trigger based on dragons coming into play and deal a ton of damage. So it seems pretty easy to hit once with this and kill the table with direct damage. If you have one other card on the battlefield and the green one is a lot of power and toughness. Like you're doing it to two creatures. So if you roll a 10, you're adding 20 power to the battlefield and you can put it on itself. You can put it on your commander and go Voltron and try to win with commander damage. So, I mean, I think the whole cycle is, is really sweet minus maybe the black one, but those ones stick out to me as being especially powerful.
1: I like white and blue, so I mean blue just draws a ton of cards. White puts yeah. all the weenies on, like Cathars Crusade, Heaven there. Uh, I think red is actually the worst. I see old Navbone, but worse in red. <laughs> so I guess you get old bone in red, which is still pretty good. But I think yeah. old bone is actually just better.
2: Right, it's just the different colors though. So ten, um, it is.
1: It, on
0: it is nice
2: but that red Maubone is the easiest color. To hit, though. They work really well with haste, though, and red is, like, the best color for giving haste, so I think that that's a vote in favor of it. And then uh, there's probably combo potential, like treasures, extra extra combats, combats. so it's probably pretty easy to, like, actually go infinite with. Yeah. Red has two ways of going
0: infinite with it if you are at least marginally lucky. The first one is aggravate of assault is enchantment, pay five mana, take an extra combat step. And they have another one, Hellkite something something. It's like seven mana or exactly. something more. But you have to pay yeah. as you attack, though. So pay as attack. So you have to. This has you to be to like a second. Mana. Yeah. Yeah, you have to. You have to get the ball wrong. So Aggravator assault is obviously way better. Um, so it's pretty easy to go infinite with it, unless you're super unlucky, because the average is ten, and you just need to make five each time. Um, Ancient Silver Dragon. Another thing that I I, I didn't I missed in the first read through. Uh, not only do you draw cards, but you also it also says you have no maximum hand size for the rest of the game, which is nice. So you don't so you draw those cards, but now you don't have to worry about discarding that the hand size, because if you like put the ancient silver on the same turn, then you probably don't have much to do anything else. They're also like super great uh reanimation fodder. Because they're creatures. Like, unlike Legion Loyalty, costs eight mana. It's really hard to get that uh, cheat in into play. These are all creatures. So if you're in black. Uh, one mana, reanimate, put it directly onto the battlefield. Two mana, animate dead, put it directly on the battlefield. There's a lot of ways to do that, uh, in black. And in red, like, I have a Perforous Dragon Tribal deck. Uh, it's a sneak attack deck, so three mana, I'm putting Ancient Copper Dragon onto the battlefield, and it has haste, melee swings, makes me ten mana, I'm ready to go for the rest of the, of the turns and everything, so those are really good i have i, I will say
1: this kind of unhealthy for the game though right like you get a hit in with any of these dragons like you are severely advantaged so if you somehow cheat one into play you've kind of just won the game out of nowhere which uh that's 2022 magic for you forget interaction or playing a game right whoever pops
2: off first and gets their hit in with their <laughs> creature <laughs> i think that's another reason i don't like the black one, is reanimating that on like turn two does so little because there's not going to be anything in the graveyard most likely to get back so it's kind of the weakest in that scenario too my question I guess I have two one is what about the dice rolling thing like we know the average is 10 or 11 10.5 whatever do you think people are going to avoid playing these cards because of the potential of low rolling like you could do all this work and then roll a 1 or roll a 2 and get nothing or do you just figure that you're going to eventually it's going to even out and be worth it
1: Magic players do not calculate EV. We like to crack packs, yeah, buy booster boxes. The, 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 the chance of getting a 20, the chance of getting a 20 is enough for you to play this. So no, I don't believe that will stop anybody. Um, <laughs> well, yeah.
0: The truth is that whenever you play it, you're always going to roll a 1. And whenever your opponent plays it, they're always going to roll a 20. Like that's just how math works, right? Like that's how, how it's going to happen. It's oh. Seriously though, like I think it's like you had, you got it. It's 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 exciting. I think for people, and mathematically it checks out that it's like ten point five. You know what I learned though?
1: <laughs> a spin down is not a d twenty, so you shouldn't be rolling spin downs because the the position <clears throat> of the numbers are in different places than a true d twenty. So oh. for all you uh, magic players that don't play d anD D, should probably pick up a real d twenty instead of a spin down and. <gasps> you know you can kind of weighted dice cheat was, your rolls there with, with this. well funny i always hit 20 every time i don't oh, know why was was this whole set just What's a
2: like, just a scheme to sell more d20s was that the plan <laughs> are we going to get a d20 layer drop for something now we might
1: oh, i'm
2: surprised they haven't done that secret nah, layer d20s <laughs> other one more one more question before we move on like. Are you going to play these in generic decks? Obviously, you're playing Erd Dragon. You're playing whatever. Like, you're going you're gonna to play these. They're tribal. If you're playing a dice rolling deck, you're going to play them. Um, if you're playing one of those themes we talked about, plus one, plus one counters for the green one or animation for the black one. But are these powerful enough that you're just like, eh, I'm a red deck. This is going to make a lot of treasures. Jam this in there. Or like, I'm a green deck. Toss in the green one. Maybe the red one, red ones, I'd probably yeah. jam in it to anyone. Okay. But the other ones, like, are pretty, pretty
0: heavy synergy pieces. Maybe the blue one's also pretty generic, too. Like, drawing cards is always good. They're yeah. all good. Like, I wouldn't say, like, if you put it in a random deck, like, it's, they're still going to be fine top end. But, like, you really want to find a way to cheat them into play and give them haste. Like, those two, yeah. those two requirements are super important. And then beyond that, like, if you are running a dragon tribal deck, the ancient gold dragon, is really good there, specifically. If you're running plus one, plus one counter deck, the ancient bronze dragon, the green one, is really good there. If you're a treasure deck, I mean, then a copper dragon's already broken, but whatever. And then the brass is like, if you're a self-mill deck, if you're a reanimation deck, it gets a lot better.
2: Yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at, too. I don't know if I play them in every deck, but in the decks where they fit, they're going to be very strong, I think.
1: Yeah, They're good. I think if you play Avenger of Zendikar in a random deck... Like you, yeah. you would be fine putting one of these in a random deck, you know what I mean? But like, should you? Because it's not on theme and maybe it's too powerful, yeah. or does it make any sense? Like, I don't know. But I think most of them are serviceable, uh, with red being the strongest in a generic deck. I think these
0: these the cycle is also going to get a lot of people back onto the dragon tribal hype. Like obviously there's Ur Dragon, but the true hipsters know that Scion of the Ur Dragon is actually where it's at. Uh, sign of the earth dragon Wuburg pay to put any dragon from your library into the graveyard it becomes a copy of that dragon until end of turn so you could just for 2 mana you're like oopsie daisy I'm going to make I can combo off with the the ancient copper dragon so let me pay 2 mana and do that or uh, I need some reanimation now that I have a bunch of these legendary dragons in my my graveyard I'll turn into the brass dragon the black one so that one's going to (laughs) be even more nuts than it used to be and then you uh, roll a oh, yeah. one and then you roll a <laughs> one, got him I actually love the dice rolling thing like yeah, it leads to good moments yeah, it's going to be it, exciting yeah,
2: it definitely will yeah. be exciting um,
0: alright, well that was five dragons, so look at us uh, we're going to go to the next one that you got Seth, uh, what
2: do you got for us here? I cheated a little bit here. I got two cards. Honestly, I really have a whole theme of the set in this lot, which is the return of gates. Uh, There's two gates in specific that I think are notable, although it's worth mentioning, I think there's nine gates in the set altogether. There's a bunch of common ones. There's a bunch of utility ones. So there's a bunch of just new gates in general. So if you're someone who's trying to win with Maze's End or something, you have a lot more options now than you had in the past. There was 11 gates, I believe, heading into this set. And now we like doubled that in one set, which is pretty big. Uh, a pretty big deal for Gates players. But the two that really stand out are Baldur's Gate, which is literally Cabal Coffers for Gates. A legendary untapped land, makes colorless mana, pay to tap it, make a mana of any color, equal number of gates you control. And then Gone Gate uh, enters the battlefield, uh, well, it makes gates you control, enter the battlefield untapped. It also comes into play untapped, and it can tap to add a colorless mana or a mana of any color gate you control could produce. So for me, I love my five color decks. If you look at the Commander Clash stats, I play five color more than anyone, and five color is really expensive, not because five color cards are expensive, you can make any power level of five color deck, but to make a good mana base at five color, it's really, really tough. You really want the fetch lands and the triomes and the shock lands, maybe the original duels if you're like super baller, but to make a really strong five color mana base, I think it's pretty tough, but now thanks to these new gates, you're going to be able to make a really, really good five-color mana base that has a lot of upside. You get this, your own cabal coffers. You get all these new, there's a gates payoff that uh, pay to and tap it, and you pump a creature equal to the number of gates you control. So there's a bunch of reasons to do this, and you get really good mana. There's tons of ways to tutor out gates. Having your gates come into play on tap fixes the biggest issue with gates. It turns them into real cards. So I'm super hyped for the ability to build like three, four or five color decks with these new gates and new gate payoffs that isn't going to require spending hundreds of dollars on on fetch lands shock lands all that kind of stuff
1: so we talked about this roughly on the command uh, on the other uh, mtg goldfish podcast i think i've changed my mind on this so for gate decks is amazing right obviously right if you're building gates but i think if you're building like a generic five color deck you don't want to build the guild gate mana base because if you don't have this one gate on the battlefield your mana base is horrendous like you have zero chance of anything coming into play untapped so i think you're better off just playing uh you know like some basics the the try tap lands uh pain lands and whatnot whatever right you can actually build a curve and plan around it and if you're trying to use green to power these out then what's the point you might as well use green to power out your real mana base so uh yes if you have this on the battlefield, it's great. But if you don't, you just have a horrendous mana base. So I would keep these exclusively for guildgate decks, uh, where you know you're actually trying to maze's end. But 2022, I don't know if you can maze's end anymore. Like it's so slow and janky mm-hmm. and so difficult <laughs> that I'm not sure we can do that with today's uh,
0: speed. Ah, uh, I, I think I think if you just wait, if you scape shift with Gone gate, will all they all the. Uh gates enter the battlefield untapped together it's a good question
1: i i don't think so i think so because if you I if don't you know. shift like a basic it's still tapped right that thing enters untapped no. hmm.
0: yeah I so i think i think it works this way you escape and they all enter it
2: untapped and then you could immediately win with mazes in i don't know if it overwrites lands coming into play untapped i'm guessing no because there's also well, like, in the comments below <laughs> there's also like a bunch of cards that tutor out gates tap like or and there's another new one in the set like yeah uh, i'm assuming they don't put them into play untapped because if you look at like amulet of vigor it says when a land comes into play tapped untap it so i think it would have to be formatted like that to actually untap from facts effects uh, facts that are putting into play tapped but either mm. way like it's it's so good. It's so good. We uh, we just played a budget week on Commander Clash so that may or may not be live by the time this goes up, and we were all playing Guild Gates anyway. Why wouldn't you? Ugh, don't worry, because you Everybody... play non Guild Gates,
1: right? Like if so, you either go all in on Guild Gates or you don't play any, or you try to avoid all of them, right? So if you go <laughs> all in, so in you're playing a gate deck anyway, right? So yeah, of course you're gonna put this card in, but would you really put this in in a non gate deck? Like, if I only think, there was
0: somebody uh, on the MTG goldfish crew who specialized in budget brews. Ah, uh, only if okay. only somebody could have helped with a totally five color mana base.
1: I think I think maybe a somebody wrote an article on a five
0: color mana base. Okay, tell them, mean, do
1: you need to update your article? Did this change anything? No. <laughs> That's the question, right?
0: No, you can make such a beautiful like you can make like the, the problem with with budget Mana bases five color ones in particular. Is you're you're either sacrificing speed or sacrificing consistency. Like if you're not going fetches into original duels and shocks and stuff like that, you're gonna sacrifice either speed or consistency. Either they're gonna have to play play tapped more often, or you're just not gonna have the right mana at any given time to cancel consistency. But like. I did, do, I did do a mana base thing uh, article two years ago, and I started at $15. $15 for your mana base, which is 52 cards. So all your mana, that your lands, your ramp, all taken care of, highly consistent. I showcased it multiple times on the stream, by the way. I did like five color Ramos Lucky Charms, which is all about heavy requirements because you're playing like three color charm decks. I played it like I played that deck like 5 times on stream already. Never had I once had a had an issue casting spells. And I did at $15, and I did at $25, and I did at $50, and I did at $100, and then finally like budgetless. Now none of those samples did I use gates because they're just slow. There's there's better options for five color in particular. I'm sorry. I had to get that I off agree. my chest. And also, I World had to get Tree it off my is chest. like a $3 sorry.
1: card, right? Like, you could actually play literal garbage, through a World Tree, in, and your mana is fixed. Right? So, do you consider that a good mana base, Seth? If I just put all basics and a World Tree, because you're relying on one card to fix your entire mana base, and you hope it's on the battlefield and doesn't get peseju
2: <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I'm looking at, uh, yeah, I think it's worth it. Like, you have so many ways to tutor up gates. That I think you're making it sound a lot harder than it is <laughs> to find green. the gate. You don't gate. need to do this, right? <laughs> like, there's a ton of cards that tutor out gates specifically to the battlefield or to your hand, and wow, then you wow. also get a bonus of getting gate payoffs. There's a lot of powerful cards that reference gates, like the whenever a gate comes into play, draw a card. When it comes into play, you can tap any number of gates to draw a card. That's a really cheap hand refiller. Yeah. There's a sweeper that comes attached to that. So there's like a bunch of. Upside to being a gate deck. Plus, mm-hmm. the other upside is why would you play a, so you can play a five color mana base without gates and have all your lands come into play tapped, or you can play your five color mana base with gates and also get all these other really powerful effects that your deck isn't going to get. Like, the the payoffs are strong but enough your, your that lands that's are a untapped reward.
1: In a normal budget, five mana, uh, five color mana base. Yeah, a right? lot of
2: them are tap.
0: And also, like, the gates are like, I agree with Seth. I think this is one valid way of making a five color deck. Uh, just jam a bunch of the gates, and you get this, and you, you run a lot of tutor effects, and that, that's great. But um, there's still downsides to the strategy because these guild gates still only tap for two mana, and you're a five-color deck. So you generally want to have lands that are tapping for more than that. So even even with them entering untapped, you're still going to run into consistency issues, whereas if you ran like all the tri-lands, yes, they enter the battlefield tapped, so you're losing speed, but at least you're gonna make sure you're gonna cast your spells more consistently. So there's still a trade-off. Like yeah, your land like you find the Gone Gate and now you all your lanes are into the battlefield untapped, but they still only tap for two colors. And you can't really like tutor them up like with fetches, like you can, you know, duels. So there's still trade off. I think
2: I think it's better though, and if you're a guild gate deck, then obviously it yeah. makes a lot of sense. I'm saying you I should be. A... If you're playing 5k five hundred budget, you should be a guild gate deck. Throw in your mazes okay. and throw in the gates. payoff. your deck <laughs> right. will be better as a result. That's that's my take. We need we need <laughs> a, uh, must a well round two You just cut two the one. rest of
1: your cards and make it a full gate deck. Like, what's the point of being like fifty percent guildgate deck? <laughs> that's the question, right?
0: Might be enough payoffs. I don't know. Yeah, but what we need a, we need a redo on the one hundred dollar budget. No, we my, we, my we need a podcast
1: on uh, budget land cycles or something. You, like, I think at 5 colors <laughs> like you can build a really good mana base. I think it gets sketchier the less colors you have, oddly enough, because there's like a handful of good cycles and in 5 colors you can play every member of that cycle whereas as and you go you down more in basics. colors you can only play a couple and then you got to resort to basics or guild gates.
0: <laughs> Love the basics. Uh Okay, my, my question though for Seth, though, because I know you love Five Color mm. uh, and you love Guild Gates, <laughs> but. I don't know if I go that but, far, but. Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I know, you, Gil, Five Color <laughs> Guild Gates is your absolute favorite thing more than yeah. Panarmark. I yes. believe you said that before we started the recording, <clears throat> actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but would you consider playing uh, a Soltai Gate deck, like Nine Fingers Keen? Which is the new gate commander from the set.
2: Or does that not pique your interest? That card makes me so sad. Cause if that was a, <laughs> if that was a five color card, it would be my favorite commander from the set. But I don't really like the idea of playing a guild gate deck that's only three colors. I guess because of Commander Legends itself, we do technically, I think have like exactly enough gates to maybe have nine in those colors if you play all the colorless ones and every possible option. But that's kind of the sticking point. There's just not a lot of gates. If we get another Commander Legends that has another cycle of like random guild gates that can fit into it, then I would be a little bit more hyped. But I'm just worried that there's not enough gates to really make that card work yet. That are in this all die colors. It's I, a I cool sad that, that is made this.
1: I think people overrate Maze's End. Like you can play a gate deck without that card. Like you don't need to, you know, do that right. Like they have other gate payoffs you can play. Like what's wrong with yeah. that?
0: I think mazes end is kind of boring, but I mean, and it's bad. <laughs> like,
1: like it's the not other gate payoffs you are bad. You scape better. shift and you just win. Isn't that good? It finds your gon gate. <laughs> you need all the lands on the battlefield to scapeshift, shift, right? But yes, yeah, I mean, it's whatever. Yeah, or you could just play like the ten ten colossus, draw fifty cards with your guild gate thingy. Like, there's so many other gate payoffs, right? That beyond Maze's end at this point right yes, you can still
0: mazes card. end in saltai though you can you can there's enough gates in in nine fingers keen saltai colors to to mazes but I think end, but so. that's
1: the main criticism of this right like you can't play uh. all the colors uh yeah. no, no one's yeah. saying this commander itself is bad right it's just you can't play all the colors and people yeah are upset and you about miss that.
0: out on like the red sweeper like there's a couple yeah, little yeah. payoff cards for gates that you, you miss out on and it's not a lot so like i can understand that but when
2: i when i think of gates i just think five color like it was that way in yeah. standard when i play other format so i just associate it with a five color deck it is a it is a neat design though and it is a cool payoff yeah. for a, a gate deck i'm a bit
0: nostalgic for it too because i one of my first commander decks ever was a five color maze of zen deck with child of alara but my 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 major mistake was playing Child of Alara <laughs> because that just it, it, to to assemble Mazes End, all I would do is I would assemble a soft lock on the table with Child of Alara killing it, wiping the board of all non-land permanents, and doing that every single turn, yeah. and sometimes multiple times in the same turn, uh, so I can achieve my Mazes End. And once I did that, and I saw how sad the table was, I took it <laughs> apart. But
1: I think like. That's yeah, what you need I, I like to assemble that. vases in. You lock out well, the table yeah, and then yeah,
2: spend your whole eight years yeah, putting it back together, right? Yeah, <laughs> that, That's all the reason I wanted to be five-color do uh, is yeah. because I think Child of Valara is, like, the default way to build five-color gates, especially with Golos being banned. Don't so do I, that. So people just, like, because there's, <laughs> well, what other... I mean, you played in a Tagatog or something, but there isn't another five-color yeah. commander that really does anything with lands at this point. So that that was all the reason I would have liked five colors. It'll push people away from the Child of Alara builds, which are just not fun to play against.
1: They just reprinted Child of Alara with yeah. like a gate-fetching ability on it.
0: <laughs> well, the, you know, Golos. Like, Golos was the, the gate commander that wasn't... I mean, but Golos was its own issue, right? Like, it was just too strong. Like, you didn't have to... You didn't, you didn't have to do anything gate-related. You could just win <laughs> off Golos. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think Child's still the best option for 5-color, but it just has a heads-up. I've been there. I did it. I did there. And I'm telling you, as a fellow Child of Alara gate player, don't do that. Don't do that. It's you're, you're, Your playgroup will not be happy. You won't be happy. No one's happy when you do that. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> um, Okay. Uh, So we, we covered gates. Richard. Whoa. Well, Another white card. Look at that. Look at this.
2: this, this, I, this I didn't this want the, to do this. The you know, white, I played like a no white,
0: white, white
1: this season on Clash, right? I've tried to get away from white, but Wizards keeps printing these absurd cards keeps that we need to talk Pulling you about. back. <laughs> Archivists of Agma. Ar- I don't know where this is. One in a white. It's a halfling. Cleric, so sad. 2-2, Flash. Whenever an opponent searches their library, you gain one life and draw a card. So Watsy listened to Tomer. They removed <laughs> the fake tax effect. And uh, they just gave Great you card. the thing. Whenever someone searches, you draw a card and gain a life. Is this card good? This
2: yes. I think this card's amazing. This is the most stapley card of the entire set, I think. <clears throat> I think you just play this in every single white deck. It, it's like per Sentinel. Like, you just play it in the deck. It draws a ton of cards. If you draw it early. If you draw it late, then it's not as good, but still probably even better than Sentinel late. So, I don't know. I don't know why you wouldn't play this in a card draw slot in a mono white deck every single time. I think, I think this card gets playing like guild gates, what
1: do you
2: do? <laughs> 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 but you're fetching out the guild gate, so you're still oh, going to get your right, triggers. Right. Uh, or they fetch their god uh, gate. You get the every card. every maze's end activation. You get a free card and a free life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, like think about how many times somebody searches uh, per turn, right? Like every green deck is going to default towards green land ramp, searching your library to put a land put on the battlefield. Boom, that's number one. Number two, how prevalent are fetch lands at your table? If you're playing at, like, low power level, chances are you're not going to have a lot of fetch lands. It won't be that good. But if you're at a mid-power level, a high-power level, definitely CDH, uh, everybody has, like, as many fetch lands as they can possibly run in their deck for maximum consistency. In those type of situations just by fetch lands alone archivist is is absurdly good um and then beyond that there's still searching effects as well black obviously vamp tutor demonic tutor whatever and then like every color has some amount of searching as well uh tied to it but i think it's mostly the green land ramp and fetch lands where this card is going to pay for it so as long as you're drawing one card each turn cycle i think it's already more than valuable right I'll do
1: it's a two-draw. It draws one card. It's good. You know I like Spirited Companion. Well, this is a bigger Spirited Companion, right? And you flash it in, so you somebody. You can got flash to it somebody. to guarantee the card draw. You can trigger it with Path to Exile if you really want. Right? <laughs> like there, there are things yeah. you can be doing, and... You know, everyone's playing rampant growth Stonks. type effects, so it triggers off that fetch lands, whatever, right? So the only the only downside is like someone slaps an opposition agent down or something, and then you have this, and you're super <laughs> sad, right? But so it's still a two mana two. It holds a dousing dagger, like holds a sword, a mask yeah. of memory, dousing dagger. Of course Good enough. Knows. Triggers welcoming vampire. Better mentality. or worse than cartographer's hawk. Everything, <laughs> everything, everything, everything synergizes. It's perfect, except the halfling part. If only it was a Kitka. If
2: only it was a Kitka, <laughs> kid, yeah. Better... I have a question for you. Okay. Sorry, Go ahead. Better or worse than Esper Sentinel, as far as your card draw? oh I, I honestly think it's close. I think it's Esper close. Sentinel's better. Esper Sentinel's probably better, but I think it's, like, not that much better. I think, think at the higher better. power
0: level, this gets better. But not st- still not better than Esper Sentinel. Because, yeah. like, if you're playing at low power, people just don't have, like, fetch lands and stuff. So... You could be it's at true. a table without green and no fetch lands, and then you're like, "Well, I hope somebody tutors." <laughs> yeah, cast your yeah, diabolic tutor for me, please. <laughs> please, somebody has a burnished heart, I beg.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not just it's like solemn. Like there, there are cards that people play that fetched even at low yeah. low budgets, yeah. or even low power, right? So I don't think it's completely dead, but I think Esper no. Sentinel. You get it down in turn one, you go nuts with it. I think it'll draw much more on average than than this thing. Although You're I like that no that... one will play around this. No one's going to be like, "Well, I'm not cracking any fetches until yeah. someone kills." <laughs> that this was Archivist my question.
0: Mate. Was like, would you would you not search your library? No. Would you like change your course of action at the very least to prevent the person from drawing off Archivist?
2: I mean, so I might like delay a tutor if it's not necessary (laughs) like I might not randomly just haphazardly fire off my uh, diabolic tutor demonic tutor whatever but am I not going to ramp it growth or cultivate or crack my fetch land no, of course I'm gonna. Do, of course I'm gonna do that. I mean, I do that, and <laughs> other cards too, But I assume with this card, it's it's got to be correct, right? You can't just not develop yeah. your mana base forever because of this. Because it's not like there's even an option to pay for this. It, it, with other ones, yeah. you can at least justify, like, oh, if I skip this turn, the next turn I'll have the mana and I can pay the one and I can be a you know proper commander player and do it the right way. With this, it's just always on. So that's not even a, a line of reasoning with this card. Like either you kill it or you're gonna have to pay it eventually. So you might as well just. You might as well just do it because your opponent's going to get that card, you, whether you wait or not. They're still going to get the card. I mean, would you fire removal on this? I certainly would. Yes. Right.
1: So there's no what? There's you no wouldn't kill it? <laughs> right? Like you wouldn't kill an archivist? Oh, no. I, mean, I, like, I mean, I would what? I wouldn't like. I don't wrap think I'd spend away. a sword sure, I'm not or something. Use the swords on it. What? No. I would snap remove it. Really? Why would I I'm, I'm go down it's, a card to help the table? Like, just fetch a way into it, right? Like, you can't even blame me for it. See, that's what I've been trying to say all,
0: all
2: along with oh, all yeah. these cards. Okay. Thank you, Richard. If, we some, finally if
0: somebody, somebody casts a spell that says draw 10 cards and you have a counter spell in your hand, would you not counter it?
1: Depends i mean no right like are they a storm deck if, if they're a fair magic deck definitely no right if they're a storm deck like okay. am i gonna lose playing, here maybe i'm
0: bringing a budget deck to the table richard and you have two mana up for a straight up counter spell just counter spells right. counter target yeah. spell i cast draw 10 would you not snap a counter
1: magic no, on de- it? i mean depends on what's going on but it's not a snap decision right because really? am i more likely to win if i do this right like how, so. how how easy is it for you to win with those 10 cards versus the whole table just getting up and murdering you in like one or two turns before you deploy them like if you had five mana let's say you had two mana in a reliquary tower don't care right if you had 30 mana this is problematic right because yeah. you can deploy those 10 cards immediately right so it's going to depend on the situation hmm. but if it's an early I, turn no i would not if,
0: if there's like a green player or if we're all running fetch lands i would snap kill the archivist personally and have it interesting to and crack yeah. into it. I mean, I mean, yeah, I'm going down a card, but like, I don't want the person to go up a billion cards. But like, I don't that's feel a, that uh, seems like a recipe for failure.
2: But I don't feel like it directly wins the game.
0: It's just cards. Yeah. No, but like, it depends on how much, m- how many cards it accrues. Like, yeah. if you if you know that in this game, if it sticks around and there's a green player and there's a lot of fetch lands at the table. You you you're pretty sure that's gonna draw ten cards in the span of like three turns or something. I think it's worth killing. 100%. I mean, I I
2: don't think it's not worth killing, but if it comes down on turn two, I'm probably not killing it, and I'm hoping someone rats uh, on turn four. Yeah. Or we'll <laughs> it takes it care of it. it. We're not yeah. using it comes our precious turn, removal on it.
0: <laughs> if it comes out turn two and there's like a green player, especially if like Seth is at the table and he's playing green, I'm like I'm spending my swords on it like <laughs> Absolutely as quickly as possible before before Seth can untap, you know, like
1: <laughs> That's why we tomer at the table. He deals with our threats for us yeah. and we yes. can just sit there and gain virtual card advantage. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure, I'm going down, but like But you also take I your think. turn off, right? Like you also are down a mana, so like your curve is off too, right?
2: Depending what your removal is. I think it's so worth it. I mean, I don't think it's wrong to kill it, but it's I, better if
0: somebody else dealt with it. I, obviously, I don't think it's wrong like, for you
2: to kill it. Yeah, for me, maybe. I, I,
0: I think that mentality—that mentality—is a is beneficial one, like the one hope that your opponents deal with it uh, and not my problem thing. That's a beneficial thing as long as you're the only one playing with that mindset. The problem is if everybody's playing with that mindset. Everybody gets too greedy, then you just get steamrolled by the first thing that is too threatening. The
1: problem the, is, I don't... The question oh. is, can the whole table kill the person drawing all these cards before they deploy it, right? If they really but go are to snap are you going no, to kill him? Is everybody going to agree to kill the archivist player? <laughs> yeah. If, yeah. if, if, you if, you if I draw drop 10. an archivist... Just perfect. I mean, if you draw 10 off it, like, perfect. Tomer has uh, 30 <laughs> cards in hand. We should probably kill him. I mean, good luck.
0: <laughs> now I have the Fairy's Protection. I have Counter Magic. I have my Flawless Maneuver. I have everything. <laughs> Bring it. Um Okay. Well, interesting. Well, we all agree this is like. Would you auto include this in every deck? Mana white? Yes. For sure. What about multicolored decks? Wait, Richard, would you put in all multicolored decks? I I, I don't think it's as good
1: as. So people are making this out as like the greatest card ever. Mm -hmm. I am not sure it's actually that good. I think it's good, but I don't know if it's like auto include in every white deck and in every deck with white and things like that, right? So I think Hmm. people. Are overrating it, but I I do think it's a good card. But I, we'll have to play with it to see how many mm. cards it draws. Like, you know, if it draws like two cards or something conditionally and then dies, like, is that actually good? I don't know, right? So why we'll did you have to
0: say we'll have to see? <laughs> you know, we're not getting this card, Richard. <laughs> this one <laughs> we'll break my make heart it. like this, Richard. This
1: one might
2: make it at Moto. I think it, it I might make it. because yeah, it's it's gonna have
1: that. implications don't for sixty hope. card formats, right? Yeah. So,
2: yeah, I, I think we'll see it. <sighs>
0: I hope so. I didn't get I didn't get smuggler share. I didn't get aerial extortionist. Mm-hmm. I didn't get archaeomancer's map. All these good
1: white cards. I'm still waiting for archaeomancer's map, by the way. It seems oh very easy god, to do. Oh god, it's so mm-hmm. good!
0: Yeah. So, so I think this is like a staple of mono white. Like I would just auto include it in any mono white. What about and then white X? If I'm at higher power, t- if I think. Tables, if I'm at a table that has lots of fetch lands, like, or a play group that has lots of fetch lands, staple. Actually, I would just, I would pretty much jam it always. Yeah, I think so. It also doesn't say, do you pay the X? And I love that so much. <laughs> I'm so happy it doesn't have the do you pay the X. I hate but, that so, so, much. so the
1: problem is it doesn't stop anyone from doing anything, right? If you're at a high power tier, you're like draw all the cards you want, white player. I'm just gonna combo kill you right here, right? Like, it that's... draws me. It draws me into my answers. Well, you're playing white. What, what answer do you have? <laughs> I have spot removal, which you don't believe in, Richard. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't interact with the stack. <laughs> if I storm okay. off, you're dead,
0: right? <laughs> all right. If you call me, I lose. But if you're trying to storm off with permanence that I can interact with, I won't yeah. interact so, with them. So
1: I would consider this like card draw and not hate in any way you know what i mean like it's not an opposition yeah. agent it's like this weird white sign in blood that you know it's like Man. it does weird things right so but it's not I was a, a snacks piece or yeah. anything i was a little
0: worried that it would lead to bickering like you know like there's a green player at the table who's you know i'm not gonna not search let's again i'm playing green i'm not gonna not search right i'm gonna cast my rampant growth, and then the other two are not searching their library at all then are those two people who are not searching are they gonna get you Know pissy about it. Is that any different than Ristic Study? All <laughs> oh, right, <laughs> so yeah. I get pissy that's about that. I yes, I get pissy about that. Yeah, that's that's my worry. Is it going to be like Ristic Study? I hope not. But there's no there's, there's no option, people. There's no option, suboptimally,
1: whatever you think suboptimal is, right? So well,
2: you I could think... just
0: not search. Like if this was an opposition agent, you'd be like, There's no option. Yeah, there's no option. You don't search your library, right? <laughs>
2: We'll yeah. can however
1: they want, right? Yeah, they'll play I know. suboptimally into a card. The thing is, it's not even known if it's suboptimal or not, right? Like, that's up for debate as well, right? So,
0: yeah, that's why. What- so I, I, I'm actually slowly turning into Krim where like I actually prefer Opposition Agent now. <laughs> because I want you to not. He's waiting for stop White. He's like, this it. is not good enough. It doesn't, it doesn't give me the card. We, no, can't, I like we cannot this play card. this. I like this card. It's good. It's it's fantastic card draw in White. And I think we are reaching the point where we're like all full up, which is good. I think this is great. I think that's great on that.
2: Seth, would you jam it in multicolor? I don't know if yeah. I'd run an every deck in multicolor. I... Definitely in mono, light. I don't know, we'll have to see. I think it depends on my playgroup to some extent. And It is like a random, there's only, all... we have so many good cards now, especially once you're in two or more colors, I don't know, like a lot of colors have other card draw options as well, and if you have, if you're paired with a color that has good card draw options, then maybe this is just less necessary. It does die to everything, it gets wrath, like maybe you just prefer a painful truce or something, you like, know. Like
1: everything but red has, like their their card draws better than this, right? When you just play that over this.
2: That's kind of mm. where I'm at, yeah. Why not all? needs
1: <laughs> uh, a lot of card cards pretty draw. deep card draw, so you just keep going down the list, right?
0: <laughs> well, hopefully we get to find out, because it's going to be making it onto Magic Online, <laughs> right, Wizards of the
1: Coast? Right? It, it, it must, because this is going to yeah. have eternal yeah. implications. This one so nice. They will be pressured it. into it.
0: You'll do it against the odds, and you'll legacy. do in the preface. You'll be like, disclaimer the best card in this deck is Archivist <laughs> of Ogham, but sadly, we don't have it. If only it got coded in. I'll I'll do what <laughs> I can <laughs> for you, Tomer. I'll do what I can. <laughs> Palace jailer it up, Seth, please.
1: You're <laughs> yeah. our only hope. You watch the video Seth playing Legion Loyalty and Legacy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, moving on. We have a card uh, on, on on the thing that I'm hyped for, and I know Seth is also quite hyped for. Um, this is my Mirim Sentinel Worm M Triple I R Y M. <laughs> if you're trying, if, let me know in the comment section. Give me give me some 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 poop for that. All right, poopoo on on my pronunciation with the triple I. Uh, this is a teamer. Dragon Spirit, uh, three, green, blue, red, six, six, flying ward two. And it is basically a token maker for dragon decks. Whenever a non-token dragon enters the battlefield under your control, create a token that's a copy of it, except the token isn't legendary if that dragon is legendary. So yes, you, if you cast a dragon or a dragon enters the battlefield that's not a token, you make a copy of it. Even if it's a legendary dragon, you make to, uh, you make a non-legendary copy of it. You get to this is just value town right like any dragon you play you're gonna get two dragons it doubles the
2: dragons of all your dragons it's great right right am I crazy this is great I love it it
1: just happens yeah it happens
2: it's necro duality it's a necro duality four dragons on your commander I think this is my favorite my favorite dragon commander like I know everyone loves Ur dragon I know they love Tiamat and another dragon but this is exactly exactly my style of dragon commander and it takes a lot for me to be impressed with dragon commanders normally I see a legendary dragon I'm like oh whatever maybe I'll play it in the 99 but we already have like so many strong legendary dragons that most of them don't impress me this one oh my goodness it's just so fun like you don't even need to build around it you just you just cast your dragons and you get more dragons and you just snowball and oh, i love this card it's i'm gonna build this one on paper i don't have a dragon deck in paper i think i'm gonna bi- actually build this one as a paper deck let me sense a theme here so you like
0: the myriad one and now you like Myrim. i like doubling
2: i like doubling things is there, i like doubling is there things. is there an
0: artifact <laughs> that you would be adding to this deck that would perhaps hmm. make it double uh the triggers that you're hmm. getting out of it maybe For- a blink strategy it does work with Blink. Uh, maybe maybe
2: a Panermonicon, perhaps. This, maybe is a, <laughs> this is this is a Panermonicon <laughs> dragon commander, essentially. And it does work with Blink too. Like that's the crazy yes. thing about this card is blink effects turn into ridiculous ramp spells. Dragons are so expensive that the pinch on this is it's hard to cast more than one dragon each turn. But if you can get down a dragon and then blink it for one mana or two mana or three mana, you're essentially getting another copy of your six, seven, eight mana dragon. For a much lower cost, you're turning your blink spells into, like, these ridiculous rituals. And the blink spells can protect your commander. They can protect your other dragon from target removal. Like, the deck just builds itself. And then you just throw in whatever your favorite dragons are in the colors. And they're going to be great. You don't even get to worry if they're legendary. It doesn't matter. It doesn't care. Like, you can just throw in anything. So, oh, this card's so sweet. It's just such a cool card. And you'll play it in the 99 of, like, Ur-Dragon and stuff, too, I think. Like, it'll be sweet there, too. Like, it's just such a great design. It's so sweet that it's not sweet. Like Edgar <laughs> Markov.
1: You know what I mean? You're it like this, this is so disgustingly broken that people get sick of it immediately. Right? You think you, so? like, any 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 dragon combos with it, right? Like you 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 old gnawbone, twelve mana if you hit, right? You you uh Scourge of Goldspan Dragon or something. Yeah. Just like any yeah. stupid dragon in your deck is suddenly absurdly broken now with this thing on the battlefield, right? And we're not even talking about like the direct damage dragons or uh, any of that, right? So I think
2: it's cool until it's not cool. And I think it's going to be not cool pretty quickly, actually. I think, though, like, <laughs> it's higher power. Would, would you rather play against this or, like, Ur-Dragon or sign another dragon I feel like dragons already have, like, None OP of commanders. <laughs> so this is actually, like, better in comparison. <laughs> is it, though? I think I'd have more fun playing against Mirum than I would against Ur-Dragon. I think I would be scrambling to find an ant to before you untap. Like, like that's, this
1: thing, this thing that's is the green. That's for so a this lot of on turn three, right? You remember, right? Mm-hmm. And then on turn four, like some crazy <laughs> stuff's gonna happen. And this has Ward, so
2: you yeah, may not even two. be
1: able to Swords it if you didn't like hit your <laughs> mana correctly, right? Like so. I hmm.
0: think. Well, okay. So so I'm also interested in playing this card. I'm gonna put it in the 99 of my Dragon deck, but not Dragon Tribal. Tribal, tribal, baby. What's better than copying these five mana expensive dragon spells? What if I copy my one mana changelings and I make two changelings? Bada bing, bada boom. And then I just fill the board. You got me. (laughs) Fill the board of changelings. And then I smack you with all of them. Oh, baby. I'm excited. Oh, I'm excited. And it costs one less because of the Ur Dragon. It's a 6 6 flyer as well. So it smacks as well. Yeah, it's strong. Of course, it's strong. But like
1: the value, I, the I, value. I will say, sorry, like it is strong. But you know, like <laughs> Golos looks great. Same, <laughs> you know, like is, yeah. is it it even, what a great card, right? Like, uh, is, you know? it,
2: is it even? Is it even that strong though? Like, you really got to untap with it. It's six mana. Doesn't do anything right away. So you either got to have enough mana that you can immediately cast another dragon. Or hope it survives a turn. And it does have ward, but it's what? Ward two? Like it's not like Ward, ward ten or something. It, yeah. So it's it's a it's nice, but you can still swords it. So I would say like the Ur Dragon is just like always sitting in the command zone, giving you a ramp effect, coming into play, immediately doing things the turn that it comes Can't down. Be interacted uh, with. Tiamat's yeah. immediately tutoring up a whole bunch of dragons the turn it comes down. So I actually feel like this is safer than those. Even though if you untap with it, you're obviously gonna it, you're gonna go off. Enough? You're gonna have a huge turn. <laughs> but uh, I don't know it goes I, off in a way I, that I like so maybe I'm biased I like I like doubling <laughs> effects and these style effects so, so is this I, not I, I kill the person with fair. this in the command zone card you're gonna yeah.
1: let them play it and untap like no right you're gonna try to murder them just like a goals player right
0: but we have so many. Well, what if the, but I think that's fine if the entire table is all those type of decks. We have so yeah. many of those commanders at this point. And yeah. I think it's more interactable. Yeah. Like Tiamat, what? You're, you can't interact with that ETB. It just happens. Yeah, and yeah. then Ur Dragon, you don't even cast the Ur Dragon half the time. It just sits <laughs> in the command zone. You're like, all right, good. I'd like to interact with you, but
1: Silly Mechanic is silly. So you, like, you, is you, like, you like the illusion of interaction. Okay, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually run Swords of Postures. All right? As, as they... if the person playing this deck isn't aware of this and will be able yeah, to protect <laughs> and build but, around it. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, but then they have to waste cards for that, whereas Ur-Dragon doesn't have to waste anything. You just yeah. chill and be like, bye, bye Felicia, I'm just going to stay in the command zone all game. I think it's fine. Yeah, I will try to kill the person before they can untap, though. That's obvious, but... Yeah. You can say that about so many commanders these days, for All right. Moving on. Seth, we got another card.
2: What's card? What's the card? There's one other There's one other legend I really like from this set, and it's an expensive one. I don't know if it's that good, but it is super unique, and that is one of the gods, Merkel, Lord of Bodes. It's a seven-mana Abzan, seven-five. Uh, if your life total is less than or equal to half your starting life total, so 20 or less, it's indestructible. The big deal is, when another non-token creature you control dies, you can exile it. If you do, you make a token copy of that card, except it's an enchantment and it loses all other card types. So you get an enchantment version that's not a creature of any of your creatures that die, I don't know exactly what to do with this card. It goes infinite with Devoted Druid, of course, like every other thing, because you get the enchantment version, you put infinite, negative one, negative one counters on it. It also goes infinite with the other members of the Devoted Druid cycle. There's one that prevents damage. There's one that makes your opponents discard. So you can clean out everyone's hands. You can prevent all the damage you want to throughout the game. So there's cool shenanigans there, but it's just a really, a really neat design that's doing something we've never seen before. We've never had a good Abzan Enchantress commander. People play like weird partner pairs or uh, oh, I can't remember the, the graveyard one people play, but we've never really had a good one. This works with Constellation. Your creatures die. You get an enchantment version that triggers your Constellation stuff. You can turn your lanowar Elves into an enchantment lanowar Elves. It's harder to kill. You can protect your enchantments with various spells. So I just think it's a neat design. I think it's a cool aristocrat commander. It's a cool enchantress commander. Probably not like super good, but it's just, it does stuff we've never had happened before in a game of magic and those are the commanders that really get me excited to build around them when you just see something that's that's different and new and this card is definitely that it, it doesn't trigger enchantresses right those are all like when you cast an enchantment there are I mean, a couple. constellation ones uh eidolon of blossoms, eidolon and of blossom's champion E-T-B. are okay. etb yeah. yeah so there's some but many are many are cast and there's probably combos. I haven't been able to find them outside of the devoted druid style combos, but I'm sure there's got to be some yeah. like ridiculous, ridiculous shenanigans like going infinite by turning your creatures into stuff. But I just want to play it for value, and I just think it'll be funny to. I mean, you play your secure tribal, or you sack it, you get a land, it comes back as an enchantment. You can sack the enchantment to get a land. Uh, you can do weird stuff with Luxor, where you like turn your planeswalker into a creature and then it dies. I still don't know what happens with manifest if you manifest like an instant and you're manifest. Dies. Are you going to have a enchantment instant non creature permanent that's sitting on the battlefield? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's just got all these weird edge cases that I'm excited to find out. Like all the things this card can do. I like it.
0: Anything that will make enchantress people play not sithis is <laughs> gets an A A plus in my book. <laughs> like if if somebody rolls in and they're like I want to play enchantress and you're like oh. It's either shrines again or Sithis again, and they're like, "Oh no, no, it's Miracle." I'm like, Yow. "There you go, I like, just sit up in my seat a little <laughs> bit." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh man, all right, let's let's game." <laughs> I mean, I yeah, I'm,
2: I'm excited for this, and I don't think it's super high powered. It's seven mana. No, that's a, that's a pretty no. safe mana range, but it's gonna do some neat things. Yeah, yeah,
0: I, I don't think it will be. You you will see it that much because obviously Sithis is two and this is seven, but. Uh, no um, I think it's a really cool design space. It's Aristocrats Enchantress. That's
1: we haven't seen that really. Kind of. We, we saw there's a the martyr one. Around this what good. this card even does. <laughs> you just sack to make enchantments and then you sack those. it's just yeah. like value. Yeah, ETB triggers. Yeah, Enchantress triggers, triggers.
2: ETB triggers. Panharmonicon. What you, What you really gotta no. do is you make your creatures. You sack them. They come back as enchantments, and then you play Opalescence. So then you turn them back into a creature, and the cycle of life is is complete. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but then they're but then they're tokens. So they're exiled, they're and they're also exiled. So yeah. it, there's not an infinite combo there, but.
0: Did we get? Did we get a preview card from Kamigawa? The Green Snake. This Panharmonicon for enchantments doesn't that work? Doubles.
2: Uh, yes, it doubles. Actually, doubles triggered abilities from enchantments, right? Uh, So I'm not. So I'm not sure that it actually works with ETB triggers, but maybe. uh,
0: Never mind i don't know it could be sweet, maybe i don't know you turn yeah. trigger you turn triggered ability creatures into or like activated ability creatures into enchantments and then you can use it i don't know and
2: enchantments are harder to kill than creatures things. like that's the other yes. the other upside is like you can kind of like pseudo protect your your creatures by turning them into enchantments which makes them not die to most rats and creature removal so having a dark confidant triggering every turn in enchantment form or whatever, whatever that might not be the best example but there's tons of cool things like that or even just some of the constellation things the doom wake giant that's wrathing the board like having that as an enchantment as other enchantments are coming in you're just going to be wiping away the board every turn so i'm excited to build it
0: yay (laughs) richard uh any any other thoughts on it or no
1: yes yay yes yes aristocrats (laughs) it's the right colors yes all right
0: All right, we'll move on. Uh, we don't have to
1: say a lot about every single card. Richard, what, what's a card that you're excited about, though? All right, you see, that, that card had too much text and stuff going on. I have <laughs> the real the real card here, Earthquake Dragon, 14 and a green. That's 15 mana value, my friends. Ten, ten Elemental Dragon. This spell costs X less to cast, where X is the total mana value of dragons <laughs> you control. Uh, flying Trample... Uh, three, sacrifice a land, return, earthquake, dragon From your graveyard to your hand uh, Is this card good? No uh, But it is so Timmy It's a 15 mana 10-10 It's basically Galta And here's the best part, you know Galta You get hit with it, the game doesn't end Okay, like you get hit with it You swords it, it dies to Doomblade You're like, good, good, you knocked me a bit And now we continue playing a game of magic This is good old fair Timmy magic <laughs> You know, it has some recursion there, like the world breaker recursion in case, you know, you want to get saucy. But like, yeah, what happened to fair magic, right? Like, right I don't want to get right hit here. and lose the game on the spot like every other elder dragon in this set, right? Just let me get hit, swords <laughs> it, and move on with my life, right? So I like this card. And it's an earthquake dragon. It's an earthquake mm. that's flying. What does that even mean? <laughs>
2: I feel like this card's... You like it because it's bad, essentially, is what what it sounds like. It's a 10-10 like. what it flying trample, like. Seth. It's a 10-10 flying it's trample. 2022? But it's just a big Boy. thing. It's just... I, I will say, I, I do want to sacrifice it for value. Like, that's... Yeah, okay. You can sacrifice you draw, it to about, Zatora draw 10 or, like, green. Momentous Fall. Or, yeah, yeah like, that's, sacrificing yeah. it based... That's that's pretty sweet. I can get behind that. But just, like... And it... Ugh, running in a dragon deck just because it's like, Oh, it's a 10-10. Mm-hmm. Nah. This is what's got, wrong what? with 2022 <laughs> magic.
1: This is what's wrong. I can't even play cool-looking like, cards. But if you pass cool him with power Mirim, you get, I gotta play, oh, I win
2: the game whenever I attack or no, hit someone with it. you pass
0: with
1: Mirim, and now suddenly you get two
0: 10-10 flying tramples. <laughs> i fun I'd for I'd green. Two
2: mull Drifters, honestly. Oh God.
1: <laughs> it doesn't draw more cards. It doesn't need to draw cards. It's a 10-10. <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't think this card is bad. It's literally a 10-10 flying trampoline recurve. So you don't have to
1: go that far. But
0: it's but fun. It will be green in a in a Dragon Tribal deck. You're probably going to be casting it for one green, right? Like if you have a decent if you have a decent board well, that's state. That's hard. Is that,
1: that even, even good? Win? So unlike Gal- so Galta cheats on power, and there are things yes. with power much greater than their mana cost. But here you need to have like 14 mana value stuff on the battlefield before yeah. this becomes one. Yeah. That's, that's not easy.
0: So there's this commander called Uri Dragon. Let's <laughs> leave cheats on,
1: on mana costs, you see. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's not that bad in Ur Dragon. It's harder in other ones. Yeah, sure. You probably have to spend like four mana or something on it. It's Yeah, it's not great, but it's it's fine. I would put it in a Dragon Tribal deck. I wouldn't think too hard about it either. You, but wouldn't totally you rather team have team like a have
2: cool ETB trigger
0: or attack trigger or like, oh. No. The team older team. I get, the more I just want to end the game. You know, like, will the <laughs> 10 you know damage? Play this,
1: card? this card doesn't end the game at all. <laughs>
0: It, it deals it, it, ten. Nice it Blade. His <laughs> yeah, but when everybody's like durdling around and they don't care about their life totals, then I'll just come in with my and ten. I'll be swinging at you. Oh, you kill it. All right, I'll bring it back to my hand. 10-10, Swing at you. All right, you died. You, you wanted any. You 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 defeated it for the third time. All right, GG. I scoop. <laughs> Goodbye.
2: I <laughs> just I made a mistake. Back yeah, in original, original Innistrad of liking Ghoul Tree, I thought that card was, like, the coolest. Oh, and that card, like, <laughs> failed me so many times. So now whenever I see a card like this, I just <laughs> write it off of me. I learned. I learned from, from Ghoul Tree. These cards never work out the way I want. And
0: yet you all love the Hunted Cycle, don't you? Hmm, oh, we should play more of the Hunted Cycle. Hunted pretty good. But, that, that's like this well, card, big like 15 less mana. <laughs> I, I'm super excited for my 5-mana... 5-5 five, five Flying Dragon that will make two knights for my opponents. <laughs> These cards are underrated, but Earthquake Dragon. 10-10 ten, ten Flying Trample that recurs itself. <laughs> Bleh. I'd rather draw two cards with a <laughs>
1: Moldrifter. <laughs>
0: hmm. I
1: wonder. I wonder if there's a little inconsistency here. Just, hmm. just think Think of the combo possibilities, Tomer. You play Earth Dragon, okay? Earthquake yeah. Dragon. Then you play Old nah bone Then you hit someone. Right. You get ten treasures. You use those ten yeah. treasures to cast like Return of the Wildspeaker. Okay, <laughs> yes. you draw. You draw another ten cards. I'm on board. <laughs> I like this card. We, we can play the value game. We just need a couple combo pieces <laughs> to play the value game. But you, you play. You play the Infect card. Okay, triumph Ooh. of the hordes. Now this is a two card combo. All <laughs> Johnny players can get on board with this card. Calm, okay, okay.
0: First, first you need fourteen power mana value, fourteen mana value dragon. <laughs> it's like so I can play, I can play so scale you. up
1: or or I can play dragon. <laughs> 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 oh. I, yeah, I, it's I, it's I swear good there's magic. like five Timmys like out there. I'm glad Wizards made a card for us. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Probably was Moldrifter though. Um. All right, let's close out this this list with my final card, which is Will or While Will. I don't know. Let me know in the comment section below. I feel like Wizards of the Coast is just messing with me at this point. Will Blade of Frontiers. Um, uh, this is the only uh commander that we have on the list that has Choose a Background as a mechanic, which is a new mechanic from the set. Uh Choose a Background is basically like Partner, but only for uh commander legends Baller's gate it's you you choose a background and the background is like a partner except instead of being a creature it's now an enchantment and instead of doing its own thing it specifically buffs your commander creatures um so will is uh the creature side and you choose a background to accommodate it to get you know more colors and have an enchantment that buffs it but two mana one one Legendary creature, Human Warlock. If you would roll one or more dice, instead roll that many dice plus one and ignore the lowest roll. Whenever you roll one or more dice, put a +1 +1 counter on Will Blade of Frontiers. This is for the dice rolling deck. All right, I I've always wanted to build a dice rolling deck ever since Afr came out, but there just wasn't enough dice rolling, and there was one commander for it. It was Farida. It was like a is it. dice rolling thing whenever you did roll high on dice you would like draw a card and get like plus one plus one and flying or some bad it wasn't good the the thing you want in dice rolling deck, just like you want in the coin flip deck is you want to roll twice as many and take the highest right that's like the best card in the coin flip deck is Crux thumb and the best card in a dice rolling deck is anything that lets you do that which is barbarian class and like some blue fairy thing and will now finally lets you do that in the command zone for two mana. So, Will enables dice rolling dot deck. Very, very well. The The background can be whatever. I think it's good. it has to be a blue one because then you'll get the maximum uh, tribal support. Uh, but this makes all your dice rolling twice as good. Um, so, if you want to make a dice rolling deck, Will is your answer. I'm really excited for it because I want to make a dice rolling deck. So, there it is. That's full explanation
2: there. I... I like this. I like this card. I think dice rolling is a cool mechanic. This is like the most powerful thing you can have in a dice rolling deck is the ability to roll extra dice. And this is coming out of your command zone. And I'm a little bit man, on the background mechanic power level wise, but I actually love it with this card because we're really short, as you mentioned, on Dice Rolling Commanders, but this is something Wizards has kind of pushed in the last year with Adventures in the Forgotten Realms and now in this new set. And this gives you the opportunity to build any two color combination of Dice Rolling Commander you want. Red plus blue, red plus black, red plus green, red plus white. And that's opening up a whole bunch of new possibilities that we just didn't have before. So even though I don't think any of the backgrounds work specifically well with this, there's no like Dice Rolling background or anything. So I guess you just choose whichever one you feel like. I think it's a really cool card, and I would like to try it, too, with the, the dice rolling thing. We'll see. I mean, I think we got enough cards to make an actual dice rolling deck now, and this is the perfect leader for it. Does this make Deck of Many Things good? Yeah. Deck of Many <laughs> yes. Things is already good, Richard. It has been good ever since it released. You just haven't yes. got there yet.
1: Uh, the, the problem with dice rolling decks, it's like coin flips on steroids. Right? It's like way more variants, right? So this this like really helps it, but you still have a lot of yeah. variants. Um, yeah and i don't actually like the background mechanic like what is deck choices right you can slot this with any color you want and why didn't they make a background for dice like yeah they just make the one of no, yeah. this so like the natural really hair look at like,
0: it. is there really nothing for dice <laughs> mm,
2: i couldn't find one that <laughs> nothing that looks anything obvious dice. to me
0: huh well that's a little bit of a bummer but I, I think will is more than enough for a dice rolling deck right like the, it's literally krark, like imagine if the coin flip deck had correct sum in the command zone for two mana that's what what the dice rolling deck is obviously dice rolling is a little bit weaker i think just because we have a smaller card pool and you know we don't the commander's not as pushed as like okom or whatever or krark or whatever but i'm happy with that i don't know like the the background is just a bonus for me personally like i'll find something that fits and lets me play the most dice
2: cards that i want but like will is really the main the main star there so and i mean I it's know. it's also worth mentioning that they they also gave us a ton of new dice rolling cards like we talked about yes. the dragons there's like a mana rock that's really good if you're in a deck that's about rolling dice because you get to start tutoring stuff out and there's just a bunch of other cards in the set that care about that so we got a, a lot more support across colors really for a dice rolling deck which I, it's on flavor for dnd i don't know when we first heard about this i was a little like do we want this variance in the game or whatever? But now that we've seen Forgotten Realms and now Commander Legends, Baldergate, I think it's pretty fun. I don't know if I'd like it in sixty card formats, but for Commander, I think it's actually like a pretty a pretty fun black border mechanic. As long as it stays weak, like I, I
0: actually didn't like what they did with coin flip decks. Like coin flips were were a gimmick for a long time, and then they're like, no, 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 let's make it legitimate. And then, like, the Ocon Zyndra split is, like, I've lost so many games to that. But then they took it to the next level with Clark and stuff. And Krark and Sakashima is literally the best CDH deck. That's what people say right now. It's, it's, like, one of the best CDH decks or, if not, the best CDH deck. I don't want that. I don't want CoinFlip to be the best CDH deck. That just seems... No, why? And so I, I'm happy where dice rolling is right now. Like, two sets worth of dice rolling is good. We got a dice rolling commander that's legit. Keep it that way. Don't make it the next Krakashima. I don't know. I don't want that. <laughs> no, thank you.
1: I mean, Pretty sure you take any fan-favored mechanic and then push it mm. all the way up to 11, right? So I know. I think it's we're an gonna inevitability. I'm surprised they didn't let you add, like, a fixed number. Like, if you would roll a d20 or something, add 6 to result or add 10 or, you know, one of those modifiers as opposed to rolling uh, two dice or maybe roll two dice and add the results, something like that, so...
0: But dice rolling is fun. That's a whole gimmick, because you want to roll dice. You don't want to have a flat value. That's boring.
2: And I mean, I don't even know D&D, but I, when I think of d and I think of rolling <laughs> rolling dice. Like, even very super casual fans associated with it. So I think it does really work for the set. It, it's literally a fundamental mechanic
0: in, in fifth edition. Every single, every single D&D thing is basically every action you take, you roll a 20-sided dice, and then you add a modifier to it, and that's your result, whether you pass or fail. In in fifth edition, they introduce advantage and disadvantage. Advantages you basically have a uh, more higher chance of succeeding by rolling two d twenty and keeping the um, whatever well, result so you want. So Will is giving you <laughs> yeah. advantage on your dice rolls. That's like the flavor meets substance when like that. Does, really does good
1: Warhammer yeah. have rolling <laughs> dice rolling?
0: Yes, oh, I swear they do, but right? it's d sixes so get... instead of d 20s and, and rulers. Cards.
2: I think we gotta measure yeah. like how far away yeah, our cards are from our opponent's cards, and it'll it'll be something like oh, some, uh, a ruler commander. Yeah, Dictionary and I think like <laughs> yes. space
0: marines are over or ultramarines are overpowered. So I assume the blue space marine deck is going to be ten times stronger than everything else. <laughs> that's that's all I understand. I'm sure like Vince or whatever can can correct this, but I don't really care what he has to say on this one. <clears throat>
2: Um, <laughs> Do you guys like beef. the
1: background mechanic in general?
2: That's my question. I think the flavor is cool. Like, it, to me, as a super casual d person, like, I think it makes sense. You, you know, have your character, and then you give them a background. So I think the flavor is good, but I think... I don't know. I'm not super excited to play with it. It seems like bad partners. As far as a Magic player, like, eh, it doesn't seem that good. So I actually reached out to Gavin, and my,
0: my hypothesis was that most of... Like, you know how partners are basically that even divide power wise right like you take one 50 percent power partner and one 50 power partner and the idea is it's going to be equal to together equal to one regular non-partner power right equal equal power level shifted this one is actually most of the power is supposed to be shifted in the creature that choose a choose a background creature and it was designed to be more powerful than your average partner and then the, the other side is the background. And the background is supposed to be less powerful because all it does is it kind of supports your your main commander uh, a little bit. So it's actually like more of like a 70-30 type divide. And that's why backgrounds look a lot worse because they're supposed to be worse. Because like a creatures are supposed to be better than a partner. But so you have like- to think of like... Hmm. But are the creatures so when actually you can... that good
2: <laughs> like, i think that's I think, a problem where maybe it yeah. like Will. falls apart so, is i like... think will's like very good yeah for, for dice rolling or and whatever and maybe part yeah. of it's that like most of them are uncommons for limited so maybe that's why they don't read all that powerful overall like i always forget that this like a big part of what they want from the set is people have fun drafting it uh it's not like a commander pre-con deck where every card is yeah. to be good in commander. This has some cards to be good in Commander, and then a bunch of cards that are designed to make limited functional and fun, so And I think they are weaker than partners, but like I think that's good. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Aren't partners too
1: strong? Like yes. The yes, partners yes. were cool and all, but it was like literally one set and like five of them and they were too strong. And then now they keep jamming <laughs> stuff in the command zone every set, and I just don't like how inconsequential the background is. You just choose the one with the color you want. Like, what are deck building restrictions? Like, why have a commander, (laughs) right? Like, I just don't like that aspect of it. And it's just needlessly complicated explaining to someone, like, what the heck a background is, right? Well, some
0: backgrounds actually help with certain archetypes. Like, there's dungeon delver. Commander creatures you own uh, have room abilities of dungeons you own trigger an additional time. So, obviously, you want to be, in like, a venture commander or something, an initiative commander, I think something exists. this yeah
2: I mean, yeah there's some like sacrifice ones and so yeah. forth so there's like a bit of synergy there they are like it, super powered down though which i guess makes yeah. sense from what you're saying because they don't really do anything unless you have your commander on the battlefield so you still like it is a weird design because you really need to have your creature commander if you think of like partners either one of your partners is going to work like a thing on the battlefield if you have your background but not your creature commander your background in most cases, is just doing nothing. So you really, it's not full partners, because you really do got to keep your creature half of your partner pairing on the battlefield for either half to f- do anything at all. Turns out the on Xander, though, CDH All-Star yeah.
1: right here. <laughs> no, also,
0: the, the upside is that the background is an enchantment. It's not a creature, so it should, in most tables, be harder to remove, right? Like, you know, somebody will wipe the board, but your enchantment will stick around. Right. And then you yeah. just recast that, and you get the value of both again. So, I like it's fine. I th- I'm really excited about it for drafting. Like, yeah, it's it's lower power. I think it's lower power overall. I think that's fine, though. I think that's healthy, actually. Uh, but I'm I'm super stoked about playing it in draft. And like the idea of that in draft is like, you know, you 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 drafted a Golgari deck. Well, what are your commanders? You mix and match, and you find the thingy that works, and that's good.
1: I I feel strongly against breaking fifteen years of magic or something to make like one draft set work, right? Because <laughs> you can't draft the proper color commanders, you need to pollute the command zone with backgrounds now. Like eh.
2: I but feel what's like faceless one or
1: something, right? Like Whatever they had in the original Commander Legends, the Prismatic Piper or whatever, to kind of fix yeah. your colors. Like they've already
0: broke it with Partner, though. Yeah, so. I'm,
1: I'm waiting for the third Partner. I'm waiting for the and then the Planeswalker
0: is going to be your Commander. They broke that in like 2014. Yep. Uh,
1: yeah. Rise, RC,
0: Eminence, Eminence, going about the caster Commander <laughs> to get yeah. the value. Yep. They've been breaking it since like 2011. A Laurel yeah. is 2011, I believe.
1: <laughs> That, get, draw, uh, that in, in 2030, you have 99 cards in the command zone, and you it's draw like, one card. It's
2: <laughs> like that, that one video. Remember that video about how to get your entire deck in your command zone? Like that—that's going to be the format yeah. in another few that's years. Just a default. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you buy the secret lair,
0: though. But <laughs> <When> you can <laughs> Yeah, you have, you, have have you have to show your secret
1: card membership. You have membership to have the secret to, have to start it. the game with 99 yeah. cards in your command zone. Okay. <laughs>
0: Uh, your membership has expired. You're not allowed. To. This this deck is now illegal. Uh, sign up, please. Um, all right. Uh, so we talked about the
2: cards. Baldur's Gate. Well, it's a closing thoughts. What do you think about the set overall? I think it's lower powered than the first one, but I think that's probably a good thing. The set to me is dragons
1: and then buff white. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I like how they added dragons because uh, like a realm's forgotten you're like how is this dungeons and dragons the dragons kind of suck and the dungeons kind of suck right at least now the dragons are all cool and are like I want to play these dragons so it feels really D&D like um, and then they just have a lot of white stuff for some reason uh, maybe I'm biased because I only see the white stuff but I see a lot of white stuff <laughs> and then the rest of the set is kind of like eh yeah.
0: I'm with I'm, I'm with Both of you actually no I well okay so my thing is I love draft I I really loved Commander Legends one draft so I'm super excited for the draft if the draft environment's good I'm I'm gonna be over the moon because I already bought two draft boxes for it I'm sad that it got delayed but whatever Um, if it's bad that's still fine for me because I'm gonna make it I'm gonna add the cards to my cube so it's a win win either way for me and I think it's lower power than Commander Legends but remember Commander Legends brought Jewel Lotus brought opposition agent brought hull breacher brought uh a lot of broken new partners that became uh ch staples immediately um i don't think that was a good set for for the format i think it was kind of bad and i think this is a good like dialing it back thing nothing stands out as like super ridiculous and and for people who are like oh there's nothing for me there's 10 sets coming out each year now. All right. There's more new cards coming out every single year. If there's not if there's not something for you this one, wait 2 weeks when they spoil, you know, freaking Warhammer or whatever the next set is going to be, certainly you're going to find like 50 new cards each 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 year to to get. So if this one was a miss for you, don't worry. There's nine more sets coming out that will tickle your fancy somehow. So I'm not too worried about that. I'm happy that they actually slowed down on the power creep a little bit this time. Uh, so a plus for me. Two thumbs up is my my thing uh, on that. Yay! Forgotten realm sucks though. Can we switch <laughs> to a different D and D realm, please? <laughs> We're the cuss. We're done with. Bal- just move to a different city. Which, which, which realm would you like to see? Eberron. There's uh, it, it's steampunk. You got trains. You got you got uh, Warforged. You got it's just cool. It's really cool. Give me my steampunk zone. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if this listens. All right, Baldur's <laughs> Gate three coming
1: up. Thanks. Ah! <laughs> no, I'm buying Baldur's Gate three, but yeah, no more in no more. Else, I wonder. I wonder if they could do a secret layer. Maybe not a full blown set, but if they do a secret layer for one of the other worlds, if they're worried about it, you know. Not going over with the fans.
0: No, they will just keep doing Baldur's Gate over and over again <laughs> forever. Baldur's <laughs> Gate. That's all they do. Every single, anytime they do a crossover, it's always Baldur's Gate. There's only one city that matters in D and D. One plane that matters. It's always Baldur's Gate. The most generic vanilla place ever. I'm going on to a detour. We're ending the podcast now. All right. Thanks so much for listening to our our podcast. Tell us what you're hyped about. Obviously, this is our personal hype list. What are you hyped about the most? It's going to be different from us. So let us know in the comment section below. All right. That's it, everybody. See ya.